Well, today we're going to start a brand new series. I'm really excited about this series. The series is called, Can You Hear Me Now? Can You Hear Me Now? No doubt all of us remember the cell phone commercial where the man walks around speaking into his phone. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? In this series, we're going to talk about the fact that God wants to speak to us. And there are many ways that God chooses to speak to us, many methods that he uses. The question is, are we listening? The question is, do we recognize his voice? I wonder if perhaps God is saying to us, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Well, today I want to lay a foundation for this series to be built upon. And I want to talk about three ways out of many ways that God chooses to speak to us. Now, these are not the only ways that God speaks to his people, but but these are just three of many, and perhaps they are the three main ways. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 15, the New Living Translation renders it this way. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. The question is not, does God still speak to us? The question is, are we listening? And not only is the question, are we listening, but how are we responding to what he is saying? Are we obeying his instructions? Well, today I want to talk about three ways that God endeavors to speak to us. First of all, I want to suggest that God speaks through his scriptures. Yeah, God speaks through his scriptures. Of all the ways that God endeavors to speak to us, the scriptures, I believe, are the most trustworthy and dependable. In Galatians chapter number 4 and verse number 30, the question is asked, but what do the scriptures say about that? Oh, I love that, don't you? But what do the scriptures say about that? I believe this is the question that we should always ask first about every situation. What do the scriptures say about that? You see, almost every question can be answered through the scriptures. They are answered either directly or indirectly. And yet, too many saints go around seeking a word. Oh, we're living in a day where everybody wants a word. They are seeking for a word when the truth of the matter is they haven't even looked into the word. Pastor, do you have a word for us today? I absolutely do. Get in the word. Get in the word. Do I believe that God can give us a word? Absolutely, yes, of course. But a word does not equal the word. A word is actually judged by the word. And the word always trumps a word. Let me just briefly mention four things about the Word. First of all, let me say that the Scriptures are reliable. Reliable. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. Say inspired by God. 
Isaiah 40 and verse number 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. For centuries and even millennia, people have tried to disprove and discredit and totally do away with the Bible to no avail. People come and people go and the word of God lives on. Ingersoll held up a copy of the Bible and said, in 15 years, I'll have this book in the morgue. 15 years later, Ingersoll was in the morgue and the Bible lives on. Voltaire said, in a hundred years, the Bible will be an outmoded and forgotten book only to be found in museums. When a hundred years were up, Voltaire's house was owned and operated by the Geneva Bible Society. And later, 92 volumes of his work were sold for a whopping $2, and God's word lives on. You think God has a sense of humor? I'd be careful, friend, yes, I'd be very careful, oh, trying to discredit God's word if I were you. Scriptures are reliable. They have survived the test of time. Open God's book. He's asking you, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? But not only are the scriptures reliable, the scriptures are refreshing, They're refreshing. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 says, The scriptures give us hope and encouragement. Psalm 119 verses 162 through 167 says, I will rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. Those who love your instructions have great peace. I have obeyed your commands for I love them very much. Oh, yes, my friend, the scriptures are refreshing. I will add that the scriptures are an acquired taste, an acquired taste. You know, I didn't like coffee the first time that I drank it. I was only about 14 years of age, and I drank it only for one reason, and that was to fit in and try to look grown up because I was working in construction and everyone else on the crew drank coffee. So I wanted to fit in. I wanted to act grown up. And so I, I, I almost had to hold my nose to drink that coffee. I, I didn't like it at all. Today, I love coffee. <laughs> I love coffee. Real coffee. Bold coffee. None, none of this frou-frou stuff. None of this lightweight stuff. Man, man, if the spoon doesn't stand up in the, in the cup all by itself, it's too weak. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The Bible is an acquired taste. The more you partake of it, the better you will like it. You may not love it the first moment that you open and read it, but, but, but the more that, that, you, that you read it, the more that you partake of God's word, the better you will like it. You will acquire an incredible taste and thirst and hunger and desire for the word of God. If you're a rookie, let me encourage you to start out in the New Testament, perhaps in the book of John. God wants to speak to you. He, he, he will speak to you through his scriptures. 
the Gideons, a Gideon organization, have placed the Bible in nearly every motel in over 200 countries. My, what an incredible, unbelievable ministry. I've heard countless testimonies of people that got saved as a result of reading a Gideon Bible. No preacher, no church, no altar call, just the Bible. Notice something else about God's Word. The Scriptures are resourceful. They're resourceful. Romans 15 and 4 says the Scriptures were given to us in order to teach us. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 or 15 through 17 says the Scriptures impart wisdom to you. They are useful to teach you what is true and to help you realize what is wrong and what is right. Goes on to say, God uses them to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. The scriptures are resourceful, God's word. Listen, God's word contains a a marriage manual, it contains a financial plan, it contains parenting principles. The scriptures are both informational and inspirational. Everything that we need to know about life and how to live it can be found in God's Word. But not only are the Scriptures reliable, refreshing, and resourceful, but but the Scriptures are reprimanding. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 says, The Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Sometimes God's word slices and dices. Sometimes it cuts deep. Sometimes when when, when God speaks to us through his word, he exposes some pretty ugly parts of our lives. God often disciplines us through his word. But he disciplines us because he loves us. Oh, he disciplines us because we are his sons. He disciplines us because we are his daughters. And that's what loving fathers do for their children. They love them enough to discipline them. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 through 11 tells us this. God has provided for us the scriptures, God's written word. He speaks to us through them. And God says, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? But not only does God speak through the scriptures, but God speaks through his servants. 2 Kings chapter 21 and verse number 10 says, The Lord speaks through his servants, the prophets. God speaks through people. In the Old Testament, mostly prophets. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and 12 says, These are the gifts Christ has given to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And he goes on to say their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work of the ministry. God's ministers are his voice. They speak for him. 
Several years ago, one of the ladies in our church told me that 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 Sunday morning she was sitting in church with her little grandson. And that particular Sunday, I had a special guest minister. And as he was up preaching, this lady's grandson said to his grandma, grandma, and pointed up to the preacher uh, at the podium and said, that's not God. And the grandmother said to the little boy, no, that's, that, that, that's, that's not God. That, but, 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 that, the, but that man speaks for God. That man represents God. And the little grandson said to the grandmother, said, Pointed at the podium again and said, that's not God. Pointed over to where I was seated, seating, or sitting and said, that's God. No, I am not God, but I do speak for him. I do speak for him. I am actually his main voice in this house. Wow, that's a big responsibility. That's why I consistently cry out to God for his word for this house. That's why I consistently ask him to reveal to me any false doctrine or or any misinterpretation of scripture that I might be guilty of. Because if I'm going to be the mouthpiece, if I'm going to be the voice of God, if I'm going to speak for God, I want to speak the true message of the Lord. And so I beg him consistently to keep me true doctrinally and sound and sound scripturally. Since God speaks through his sermons, we better do our due diligence in checking out the voices that we listen to. Listen, just because somebody has a program, just because somebody has a podcast, that doesn't mean that we ought to be listening to them. And just because somebody has a megachurch or just because somebody has a huge following, that in and of itself does not mean that they are preaching or teaching true and accurate biblical doctrine. Here's what I know. Charisma carries far too much weight these days. I'm going to say it again. Charisma carries far too much weight these days. Listen, listen, quality communication does not automatically equal quality content. And cool doesn't automatically equal character. We better be very, very careful who we choose to listen to. Let me just mention briefly this morning three qualifications that that I believe, based on Scripture, that a godly servant must meet if they deserve an audience with us. Let me suggest, first of all, God's servant must be anointed. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 21 says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God. And 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. The anointing is hard to define. I kind of agree with that old preacher of years ago that said, said, I can't really tell you what it is, but I can sure tell when it's not. Can you agree with that? The anointing 
the anointing. I, I might describe it as supernatural help or assistance. When the Holy Spirit takes us a, a notch or two above and beyond ourselves, an intangible but very real and noticeable presence of the Holy Spirit upon someone. You know when it is, and you know when it's not, and is, is far better. I can't speak for you, but, but, but for me, if I want a dry lecture, I, I'm going to seek out a professor. But if I want a little taste of heaven, I, I'm seeking out an anointed preacher. God powerfully anoints his servants, and, and they become his voice. They become his mouthpiece. They speak for him. And God says, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? But not only must God's servants be anointed if they're going to speak for him, but also God's servant must be authorized. Yeah, they must be authorized. You know, we're living in a day where people love to criticize what they call organized religion. Things like denominations and local churches with programs and processes and procedures. But the truth of the matter is, from the very inception of the church, there was organization which produced processes and programs and procedures. Just read the New Testament from the book of Acts through the book of Jude, and you will see that that is true. The early church leaders established requirements for ministry and for ministers, and only those who met their requirements, only those were authorized and recognized and categorized as ministers. If I had the time today, we could read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 13. We could read the book of Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. We could read in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 22. All of these things will tell us what I'm saying. Be very careful who you listen to. Check them out. Check them out. What are their credentials? Who do they represent? Who places their stamp of approval upon them? Do they meet the biblical standards and biblical qualifications of a, of a minister, of a preacher? Who are they accountable to? God speaks through his servants. His anointed servants, his authorized servants. And the third thing about God's servants, God's servant must be assessed. Yeah, they must be assessed. Once again, I point you to 1 Timothy chapter 3. I point you to Titus chapter 1. I, and then in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 20, Jesus says, Jesus says, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. How do you identify a tree? By its fruit. If apples are falling off of a tree, what kind of a tree is it? Yeah, if peaches are falling off of a tree, what kind of a tree is it? God's servants must be assessed. And they are assessed by examining the fruit that they are producing. Look closely at their family. What are they like? Look closely at their track record in, in ministry. What have they produced? What have they done? Look at their personal life. 
at their personal life. Are they people of character? Are they honest? Do they pay their bills? Are they faithful to their companion? What kind of attitude do they convey? Are they arrogant? Are they rebellious? Are they prideful? Take a look at their life. God speaks through his service, but his service must pass the assessment test if we are going to take them seriously. Well, let's look at the third way that God endeavors to speak to us, and that is God speaks to us through his spirit. Through his spirit. The Holy Spirit has a voice. And the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. It usually comes as an impression or or as an urging or as a prompting. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 14 says, All who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The Holy Spirit desires to speak to all of his children. Not just the elite, not just those that, you know, are uh, super spiritual. No, no, no. No, the voice of the Holy Spirit is not reserved just for full-time ministers. No, the Holy Spirit desires to speak to you. Every single one of you, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Let me give you three tips this morning for hearing the voice of the Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit speaks to those who are listening. Yeah. The Holy Spirit speaks to those who are listening. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. See, see, it's not that the Holy Spirit is not speaking. It's that most people are not listening. Oh, I want to admonish you today. I want to challenge you today. Oh, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning to see what the Spirit is going to speak through the pastor. I'm telling you that Monday through Saturday, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. And I encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and then ask him to help you to listen and to hear. Ask him to help you discern his voice. I promise you, if you will listen to him, he will speak to you. But not only does the Holy Spirit speak to those who are listening, but hey, the Holy Spirit speaks to those who are leading. In Acts chapter 11, verses 11 through 18, Peter, who was one of the main leaders of the early church, received instructions from the Holy Spirit concerning the acceptance of the Gentiles. What was once reserved for the Jew was now available for the Gentiles. And notice verse 12 of Acts chapter 11, Peter says, the Holy Spirit told me this. The Holy Spirit speaks to those who are leading, if that leader will listen. And let me clarify something this morning. All of us are leading something, or all of us are leading someone. 
Whether it's our spouse, maybe it's our kids, maybe it's our colleagues, it might be our friends, it might be a particular ministry, it might be a multi-million dollar company. Listen, everybody is leading someone or something. And so uh, the Holy Spirit wants to give us directions. As leaders, we need to also be led. Paul once said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah, leaders need to be led. Oh, and the Holy Spirit seeks to lead us. God says, I'm trying to speak to you. I'm trying to speak to you through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? But not only does the Holy Spirit speak to those that are listening and and to those that are leading, but also, also the Holy Spirit speaks to those who are learning. In Acts chapter 15, the early church had some major decisions to make. And so the leadership of the church gathered to seek direction. They gathered to seek wisdom in what they were to do. And verse 28 of chapter 15 says, it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to those who are, who are learning, those that are, that are reaching out to him for help, those who are trying their best to hear his voice. And I want to tell you, you're not... You're not going to be an expert at hearing the voice of God the first time that you try to hear the voice of the Lord. I often say that that I felt the Lord said this or the Lord said that or the Lord gave me this or the Lord gave me that. But listen, that's been 48 years of walking with the Lord. That's been 48 years of, of staying in his word. It's been 48 years of daily trying to learn to, to, to recognize and hear the voice of the Lord. You're not going to be an expert the first time that, that you try to hear the voice of the Lord. But, but, but if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to allow the Spirit to teach you, if you're willing to learn and even to make a mistake or two along the way, I promise you that the Lord, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Here's what I've learned, and that is the more time we spend with someone, the more familiar we become with someone, the easier it is to recognize their voice. You know, when my father was alive, he would call me every once in a while, quite often, once a week or so. And never one time did he, did he say to me, did he say to me, did he say, son, this is your father. No, he didn't identify himself. When I said hello, he just started speaking, knowing, knowing that I would know who was on the other line. Because why? Because, because I had known him all of my life. I had heard his voice all of my life. And so he did not have to identify himself. Immediately, he just, he just began to speak. And immediately, I knew exactly who it was. I didn't say, who is this? Who is this? No, no. I knew whose voice it was because I had walked with him. I had talked with him. I had worked with him. I had lived with him. I had heard his voice. 
voice over and over and over and over. And so I discerned his voice immediately. Listen, listen, we need to get so close to the Holy Spirit. Man, we need to walk in the Spirit, walk and talk and fellowship and commune with the Holy Spirit. And when he begins to speak to us, we don't have to say, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? No, no, no. We will immediately recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit because because we have learned his voice over time. Oh, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to us through his Holy Spirit. And God is saying to us today, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I was so many voices that are out there in this world today, so many confusing, conflicting voices that are out there. There's never been a day, there's never been a, die, a time, there's never been an hour when we needed to be able to discern the voice of the Lord. We need to learn to hear and discern and recognize the voice of the Lord. God is saying to us, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Takeaway for the message today is this. If we heed what we hear, we will have hope. If we, hear, if we heed what we hear, we will have hope. If there's ever been a day when we needed hope, it's today. And the hope that is above any other kind of hope comes from hearing the voice, the comforting, soothing, reassuring voice of the Lord. God's question to us today, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? God, I thank you that you desire to speak to us. God, we want to learn how to hear your voice. God, I pray you've already spoken to us through your word. Will you now speak to us through your spirit? Our spiritual antennas are up. Our ears are tuned to you. Will you speak to us today? In Jesus' name, amen.